With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to SI's Planet Football Podcast, where each week we discuss the latest in the world of soccer. I am SI.com soccer editor, Avi Creditor, joined today by SI senior writer Grant Wall and SI.com's Brian Strauss. Guys, uh, I think there's only one thing really to talk about this week, and surprisingly it's not the U.S. Open Cup, <laughs> it's FIFA. All things FIFA today. Uh, obviously the big news of the week, the FBI, DOJ, IRS just going at FIFA like no one has before, making arrests, uh, indictments. Guys, uh, it's it's a landmark week. It's something that I think we've been hoping to see, at, you know, for years. And, and finally, uh, in the wee hours of Wednesday morning, uh, depending on your time zone, it, it happened. Uh, Grant, just your initial thoughts on, on everything that's happened. Just a great day for soccer, I, I think. And a lot of people might look at this and say, oh, this is a terrible day for soccer. And I feel completely the opposite way. I think this is the day of reckoning that we've wanted FIFA to have for years and decades now. And obviously it's just a start, as the U.S. Attorney General said in her press conference, but uh, it's a big start. And the fact that it was the U.S. Attorney General, the highest levels of U.S. law enforcement going after FIFA, speaks volumes about what this really means, in my opinion. I know it's so easy to be cynical about, oh, FIFA will never change, but this is a completely different level than anything FIFA has faced before. Uh, the most powerful law enforcement and investigative power in the world is now going after FIFA, and they don't want to stop here. Yeah, it's it's a game changer. Brian, you, you wrote uh, in your piece on Planet Football, the U.S. wanted to be the center of the football or the soccer world on uh, in 2022 when it's happened seven years earlier, obviously not on the field, but, but off it, um, just, you know, this goes deeper than Qatar, obviously. I mean, this is, this is everything. This is bribery going back for, for years and, and decades. Uh, just, just what was your take on just the multitude of, of everything that's gone on? It's, it's astounding. I'm with Grant. I mean, it was, it was awesome to behold, uh, just, you know, the, the power of, of all of those, uh, you know, the authorities and the investigative bodies that were brought to bear on FIFA, an organization that we thought was untouchable and unaccountable. You know, you mentioned Qatar. For me, that's the tipping point. Qatar is 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 FIFA at its most brazen. It is Al Capone daring uh, the police to come at him. It, it is them saying, "We don't care. We don't care if you know how corrupt we are. We don't care if you know how how our lack of empathy, our lack of good citizenship." There's nothing you can do. And, you know, when you poke the bear, when you challenge, uh, you know, people like, uh, you know, the IRS and the DOJ like that, they're, they're going to come for you. And so, you know, had FIFA kept it small, uh, had, had, had CONCACAF and CONMEBOL kept it small, uh, maybe this wouldn't have happened. But they got greedier and greedier and more brazen and the bribes got bigger and the corruption got bigger 
and then you start dealing with a place like Qatar that's literally killing people to host a World Cup, it just got to the point where, thankfully, there were authorities who couldn't stand on the sidelines anymore. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, the one person, you know, not part of this indictment is FIFA President Sepp Blatter. Now, everything obviously happened under his watch. Everything has happened under his watch. Um, we sat in here, Grant, with Jeremy Schapp um, what, a week ago, two weeks ago, to, to talk about the documentary that they shot and, and just his regime of, of corruption. There's a FIFA election. We're taping this the day before uh, Friday. He's expected to win again. Why? Why on – in what sense does it make for him to maintain another four-year run given everything that's happened and now with the official authoritative proof? Well, what you have to do is take into consideration who are the voters in the FIFA election, and they are each of the presidents of the 209 soccer federations around the world. All mini set bladders, guys who want to be set bladder. No, and, mini, and, and, that's such a bad image. And, and, they, <laughs> and they, they love the guy. Why would they vote to change their situation? It's not like many of these guys at all are reformers. They don't think FIFA needs to reform. And so... Uh, we were talking about this just a little while ago here, where uh, basically Blatter has stayed in power thanks to a couple of things. One country, one vote, the rules of FIFA, which give all these tiny little Caribbean countries and African countries that never go to the World Cup the same amount of power in their vote as Germany or Brazil or the United States or England. And he's used that and actually pitted these countries, the developing world, against the Western world, as it were. And uh, there's just simply a greater number of these countries in the developing world. And a lot of these guys who run these national federations in the developing world, they're corrupt. I mean, let's just say it. And, and so they are going to vote for Blatter. Blatter is the guy who's been in charge during this entire era of corruption at FIFA that we're seeing the U.S. State Department, I'm sorry, the U.S. Department of Justice finally go after. And... Even if Seth Blatter doesn't hand out bribes himself or take bribes himself, and he probably doesn't. I actually think he's got, you know, he's way too high and smart to do that. I think he's got people working for him who've done this for decades. People who we know are dirty. Guys like Mohammed bin Hammam, guys like Jack Warner, who, if they weren't around and supporting Seth Blatter, Blatter never would have been FIFA president in the first place. Yeah, it's just the, the whole thing of it is just astounding. And... You know, the the biggest name, I think, that was implicated is CONCACAF's president, Jeffrey Webb. Uh, he was a guy who, to the public face, was was a reformer. He ran basically on the platform of reform. He, he talked to us saying he was going to clean up CONCACAF and clean up FIFA. It doesn't look like he did a very good job. I think the FBI did a nice job of cleaning out CONCACAF's offices in Miami. Um, but just how does this reflect grant first and then and then we can go to brian how, how does this reflect on him on Concacaf? i mean as as great as this is for soccer it doesn't look good for the u.s in this region you're right jeff webb was by far the name that was most interesting most revealing as one of the people arrested uh this week because here's the guy that was supposed to be the symbol of the new Concacaf, who was coming in had cleaned up everything they'd done these uh, forensic investigations into all the abuses, the tens of millions of dollars to, that disappeared under the Jack Warner, Chuck Blazer regime. And they made a big deal about how they had, they had cleaned it up. 
know, these were clean guys. And clearly, they've now been arrested. So uh, also keep in mind, Jeff Webb was a favorite of Seth Blatter, one of his right-hand men to the point where Blatter put Webb at the head of FIFA's anti-racism task force, a hugely important thing to Blatter and FIFA. And a lot of people talked about Jeff Webb being the guy that Blatter might push to replace him in four years if Blatter ever decided to retire. So these are Seth Blatter's current guys. It isn't something that Seth Blatter can just say, I'm apart from this, like FIFA tried to do when they came out and said, oh, nothing to see here, election will go ahead as planned. Seth Blatter's happy that this happened, actually. Well, actually, Seth Blatter's tied to these guys. Yeah, and and for Webb especially, I mean, I mean, look, Seth Blatter's last right-hand man who thought he was going to be be propped up to FIFA president was was Ben Hamam, and that didn't really go well for him. Uh, Webb now has been suspended by by FIFA, banned provisionally. FIFA really getting out ahead of it and and acting really proactively and, and really taking charge. Uh, Brian, when it comes to to this region, all of the the TV rights, the Copa America Centenario, which which was according to Loretta Lynch, part of a hundred ten million dollars in bribes, and I know it looks like. Maybe it's a little more about Copa America's spread out over over the course of the next few years, but it it's just you know this this isn't reflecting well, and and Concacaf now uh, is in the need of of a major shakeup. Yeah, and and I agree with Grant though. I don't I don't know how much of a shakeup there can be when you know when you have a leadership when you have a figurehead like Sepp Blatter whose power is derived from the fact that he turns his back on this stuff and, and, and allows this to happen or even encourages it to happen. I mean, people, people vote for SEP because SEP allows them to put their hands in the trough, you know? And, 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 and so that's the trade he makes. Go ahead and be corrupt. Do your bribing, you know, do your fraud. Just vote for me. I don't care. And, and that's how this works. So as long as, so SEP, like you said, SEP may not be paying bribes, but but he's allowing it to happen, and until someone else is in charge, I don't see how this reforms. I don't see how, you know, like as Grant said, you know, all you need is the Caribbean countries and a couple from Central America, and the U.S. and Mexico don't matter. Canada doesn't matter, um, and and it's just going to continue. Uh, so, you know, in terms of the future of of the Copa America Centenario, um, I don't know. I don't know what happens now. I mean, it's not a tournament that it, it would have been fun. But it's not a tournament that has to occur. It's not a championship that that's sort of mandated. Um, and yeah, you have 110 million in bribes uh, paid by uh, traffic and and some former rivals uh, down in South America uh, for the commercial rights uh, to four Copa America tournaments. And what that means is that you know traffic and their partners could then turn around and and sell all the advertising and the signboards and all that kind of stuff. And as long as they kicked a minimum back up to Conva Ball, uh, they could keep the remainder. And it's a pretty lucrative business to be in. And now with, with those contracts, are they, are they void? You know, these are one of the questions we have. I mean, what happens now with this tournament? Um, it'd be a shame if it was canceled. But at the same time, I would like to see U.S. soccer, UEFA, some of the big countries around the world start to make some tough decisions, start to stand on some principle and say, you know what, we don't need to be a part of this anymore uh, if it means continued corruption. So if that means canceling, if, if canceling the centenario would, would help govern this sport better, then I'm for it. Yeah, and 
it's you know it's funny you say you know U.S. soccer and taking a stand. I mean, you saw just a wave of statements um, in light of the the FBI investigation and indictments, and they were all you know what you would expect. We you know we want the integrity of the game to you know it's it's the utmost importance and all of this and that. But ultimately, they're all words. It's the same thing FIFA sponsors are saying. No one's acting. UEFA yeah, looks sponsorship like sponsorship thing is is a, this for me the sponsorship thing is the next big thing to happen. One of these companies has to decide that they don't want their name on a stadium built by slave labor. That has to happen. Whether it's Visa or Coke or McDonald's or Budweiser or Adidas, one of these companies is going to have to actually stop talking and make a decision about ethics and good governance and not supporting FIFA and not supporting uh, the kafala system Qatar and actually do something. You know, if UEFA walks out tomorrow and decides to start their own federation, that would be awesome. Someone has to do something. You can't just leave it to Loretta Lynch. As awesome as she is, she can't do it by herself. You're you're right, but I, I think, you know, when we had Jeremy Schapp in here, he you drop this one line that kind of stuck with me, you know, if Coke leaves, Pepsi's right there to to go take the mantle. I don't I don't know that there's just like a widespread stance against FIFA that these businesses and they are businesses, you know, they this is an opportunity for them to to make a ton of money. Uh I I don't know that we're going to see total reform like that as ideally obviously we do, but but I don't I don't know that it's there. Grant, what what do you think? Well, I think what we could see is look what happened to Lance Armstrong, that his sponsors stuck by him, stuck by him, and then all at once they were gone, like in one day. And all it took was one big-time sponsor to leave him. And so I do have a hope, and maybe I'm overly optimistic, that one of these official FIFA sponsors will make that stand. And now that the Department of Justice, the highest levels of the U.S. government, have come in hard on FIFA, they've called it World Cup of Fraud. Oh, if, that was awesome. If I have a company, I don't want to be associated with that. And Visa, especially Visa, keep an eye on Visa because they're the ones who have said the most so far. But you're right, it's just words to this point about potentially leaving. And even if MasterCard were to come in, which is kind of unlikely because they took FIFA to court and won a $90 million <laughs> settlement when Visa came in in the first place, uh, there's not that many credit card companies uh, I would love to see Visa be the one to really get the ball rolling and announce, we're done. I don't know what their contract says with FIFA, like what sort of provisions they have for just you know, leaving it. In, in, in. Well, Sony, Sony and Emirates ended their sponsorship at the end of 2014, I believe. Um, and, you know, and, and so that's, that's a, a small start. Um, but it would be nice to see one of the American companies, uh, you know, operate with, with some American values and, and say we're not going to – and this is not just about fraud. This is about people dying building stadiums. Dying. Like, like this is just so – I'm, now I'm upset. <laughs> so far beyond business. And, 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 and Avi, you're right. Could Pepsi step in? Yeah, Pepsi could step in. But maybe Pepsi would realize that it's actually better for their brand. It would be a business decision not to be associated with these scoundrels. And then Pepsi wouldn't step in. And then you'd have a critical mass of companies realizing that it's better for their brands to be affiliated with, with you know, good people and you know, people that don't have slaves build stadiums. A couple of things are clear to me. FIFA won't truly change until Bladder is out. In most organizations with accountability, Bladder would be out as a result of the arrests this week. He's presided over this. 
And also it's clear FIFA won't change from the inside. They need someone to come in, the long arm of the law, as it were, from the outside. And now we're seeing that happen, mainly from the U.S., but also, if you notice, from the Swiss government. And that surprised me as much as anything this week. Two things, that the Swiss government would arrest these guys, work with the U.S. to then extradite them to the U.S. The Swiss, over the decades, have protected some of the worst people in the world. And that is not an exaggeration. <laughs> And suddenly they're actually doing the right thing. And so I think that's a good thing. They also announced the Swiss that they are going to have their own governmental investigation of the bids for 2018 and 22. And that's great to see because what you want is a real investigation with teeth. And that means subpoena power, which FIFA's own in internal investigation was never going to have. And that's why Michael Garcia's FIFA investigation didn't get anything. No smoking Flatter guns. Flatter has opened the FIFA conference in Switzerland, by the way, uh, by uh, telling delegates that uh, we must continue to fight for positive change in football. Uh, so he is casting himself as part of the solution uh, to all of the problems that have occurred under his watch. The, the, the chutzpah on this guy is amazing. He also calls himself the godfather of women's soccer oh, God, right. when he has know who any of the players been are. horrible for women's <laughs> soccer and the players all hate him. Yeah, no, the guy, the the the. The, the hubris, the narcissism, the cojones, whatever you want, they're just remarkable. I mean, he, 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 is, he lacks self-awareness to a, a godlike degree. It really is impressive in a way. I mean, it's, he, he has no clue. So there you go. Is it possible that he's right and we're all wrong? <laughs> no. Uh, seriously, uh, let's spin it back to the USA and, and how it affects soccer here and, and U.S. soccer um, obviously, the U.S. came out and nominated Prince Ali as as Blatter's challenger after voting for Blatter in, in what, the last four elections. Um, how does this, the U.S. government getting involved in, and the U.S. Department of Justice, uh, the, is there potential blowback for the USA here? For U.S. soccer, what, what does it mean? I would say a few things. It's possible, theoretically, that FIFA could suspend the U.S. Soccer Federation for government interference is the term that FIFA has used when they've suspended federations in the past. I don't see it happening because I think it would be the worst PR in the world for FIFA, and Blatter himself has come out and said he welcomes what's being done by the U.S. government here. So I don't see that happening. Um, but then it comes down to the hosting of big tournaments like the World Cup in the future. Um, at this point, the U.S., I think, is interested. We'd love to host World Cup 26. Um, but if U.S. soccer didn't support Blatter in this election, which I think was a pretty big stand taken by Sunil Gulati, uh, the U.S. soccer president, then maybe Blatter tries to exact retribution on the U.S. if he has the influence. Keep in mind, the vote for who hosts the World Cup has now changed it's gone from just the 25 guys on the FIFA Executive Committee to all 209 federations, the same guys who are going to elect Sepp Blatter president. So uh, I don't know what kind of chances the U.S. has, but I, there, there's certainly a chance if the Blatter administration continues that it hurts the U.S.'s chances to win the hosting rights for a World Cup. And I'm OK with that. You know, I mean, that's the thing. I want to see the right thing happen. And if that means the U.S. doesn't host a World Cup, I'm OK with that. The World, Cup, the World Cup lasts four weeks. I, the, the thought of selling our soul for four weeks is insane to me. Think about how many millions of dollars U.S. soccer and MLS set on fire 
trying to get the 2022 World Cup, which they had no chance of winning because they weren't willing to do the things Qatar was willing to do. Think about what that money could have done for the game in this country. I don't want U.S. soccer or MLS or anyone spending a dime on trying to host a World Cup until the process is fair and transparent and until FIFA is overhauled from top to bottom. That money can be spent trying to grow the game here locally, in, in, in our markets, organically. That's where the money should go. FIFA can keep its clown show until that thing is run in, a, in, a, in an entirely different way. So I, I, I hope – I hope that 2026 is off the table and spending any money on hosting it is off the table until there's real change. That's that's a great point. And I, I was basically going to ask that next question. I mean, you know, given everything that goes into hosting a World Cup and, and kind of like the backhanded, slimy just process that it, it, it is, do you even want the U.S. part of that? And and I – yeah, I'm with you, Brian. I, I, I think that a ton needs to change. I It looks like this region is going to – get it right i mean un- unless 18 and 22 change and and one of them get put here whether it's usa canada mexico whatever uh anything's on the table yeah. i mean like china could very well get it for 26 there's so many things that could happen between now and 2017 when they're supposed to vote on that um so in my opinion everything's on the table right now with fifa as a result of these arrests in this fbi investigation and i think it's important to to note that in the big picture, no matter what happens with the FIFA election this week, if it goes ahead as planned, if Blatter wins, uh, in the big picture, the news this week is the investigation by the FBI. And, and then the question is, where are they going to go from here? Clearly, they didn't have enough stuff to, to arrest Seth Blatter. And so they've arrested 14 other guys who they hope they can get enough evidence for to get to Seth Blatter and other people alongside him inside FIFA at the very, very highest levels. Um, that's how these investigations work. And so you hope that somebody like Jeff Webb has the goods. Maybe Jeff I, Webb and, and Jack Warner as well. Jack Warner's the one who promised a tsunami. Yeah. A tsunami coming for FIFA. And now he's he's in handcuffs. He's arrested. He's in jail. I don't I don't think even if they even if they find video of of Qataris passing duffel bags full of money to voters. I, I don't think they're going to take the World Cup from Qatar. Um, you know, th- th- this is a, w- one of the, the not terrible ideas that Blatter has had um, is, is recognizing that it is the world's game and that other, other parts of the world uh, sh- should play a role and occasionally get to host some of these events. And, you know, you know, you, you could say that it was a waste of money for South Africa to build all those stadiums and, and, and obviously apparently bribe people $10 million. Um, but the the notion of having a World Cup in Africa isn't a bad one. And the notion of having a World Cup in the Arab world isn't a bad one. And so who's going to be the guy? Who's going to be the guy that's going to go to Qatar and go to the entire Arab world, the entire Middle East, and say, yeah, we're taking this World Cup from you? Who's going to be that guy who's going to do that? Uh I think it's I don't see who you know that's going to take a lot of backbone that's going to be politically very difficult and so I think for that reason even if they find a smoking gun I think Qatar is going to keep the World Cup and then you're just going to start talking about 2026 where again this FIFA under this president is going to do you know whatever enriches the most people the most and so to me yeah you mentioned China Grant yeah you know China would be a good place to go let's start there I just don't want the US involved until things change uh, just going back to the the investigation as a whole, you know, we talked about how the sponsors talk is cheap for the, all these federations making the statements. Talk is cheap. Uh, 
when the Attorney General, the Department of Justice, the IRS, the FBI say this is the beginning, this isn't the end, I don't think that stock is cheap. I, I think that they mean business. Like they, they are out to produce results. And, and they're public now. Yeah. You know, they've put their reputation out on the line that they're going to get results here. And so that is what is such great news about this week. We knew there was an FBI investigation. We talked about it recently. We've known about it since 2011. And so the question was, are they ever going to show their cards? And now they have. And, and that's why for me, there's two huge dates that I'm going to remember from the last several years. One is December 2nd, 2010 which was the day of the votes in Switzerland that awarded the World Cups to Russia and Qatar. Huge day, huge day that all of this comes from, I think. It's also your birthday. It is also my birthday, so I remember that. <laughs> uh, and then also May 27th, 2015, because that was the day that the Federales came for FIFA. And it's a, an ongoing process, and I hope it continues, and, and I think it will. I think yeah. an important thing to keep in mind, though, is that you know, it's no accident that all the people indicted yesterday are, are North or South American. Um, True. You know, in, or, in order to have jurisdiction over any of this, uh, these crimes, something had to occur in the United States, a bank transfer, uh, you know, uh, uh, some, some kind of business being incorporated here, an email, that kind of thing. And so you're less likely to nail a guy from, from Africa or Asia uh, because they're less likely to be doing business here. And so the Department of Justice wouldn't have that jurisdiction. So I don't know how ho much higher – maybe they can go higher, but I don't know that they can go wider uh, you know, in terms of getting any of the guys currently under indictment to spill the beans about someone else. So yeah, no, of course, we all hope it goes further, uh, but I just think that's something to keep in mind. I would point out though too that if you look at the guys who were arrested, all from the Americas, and you look at the guys who had already pled guilty, which we know now were Chuck Blazer, Jack Warner's two sons – and the Brazilian founder of Traffic Sports. Those guys were the ones that provided the evidence that led to this week's arrests. Yes. And so the guys who were giving people up were from the Americas. Now, the higher you go, the more chance there is of interaction with people outside the Americas with some of these shady dealings. I don't believe for a second, and nobody should, that this, what you should take away here is that only North and South America are the dirty ones out there. Asia, Africa, the Middle East, and even parts of Europe, especially Eastern Europe, they're all dirty too. I mean, let, let's rem remember that. Now, the question is, can you get to them? And I think also you look at how much of FIFA's business is connected to transactions that go through the United States in some way, shape, or form, whether it's due to sponsorships or the banks themselves. If there's a silver lining to any of this, well, beside the obvious that it, this may take down FIFA, but another silver lining would be that, you know, America is a big soccer market now. You know, I mean, like, like none of this happens unless this is a country that cares about the game and where people can make money on the game. And, and so that's a it's at least in a weird way, a sign of the growth of the sport. I mean, 25 years ago, you know. I mean, the, the Gold Cup was just kicking off. I mean, before that, there was no Gold Cup. There was no real regional championship tournament. You know, the champion, the CONCACAF Champions League is now, you know, up and running and has some traction. You know, teams come here for friendlies and events and things like that. The Copa America Centenario is here because of the love for the game in this country. So these crooks, you know, came to exploit a market, but that market exists. You know, I mean, they, they came to, they, 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 they came to, to do bad deeds 
you know, exploiting what is now a, a legitimate love for the game in this country. And I know this may sound weird to say, but I do take a tiny bit of satisfaction that this means that the sport is growing and here to stay. And you just hope from now on it's administered by people who aren't, you know, egotistical uh, thieves. We made it. We did it, guys. <laughs> we did it. We're the center of the soccer world. <laughs> um, I, Brian, I, I want to close with a story you've you've told me uh, that's staggering. It's it's just one of the the many episodes of of just things that make you shake your head, basically about about FIFA. Um, it was back on that December second, twenty ten day. You were in the Al Jazeera studios in Washington D.C. during the the World Cup vote. Uh, I'll, I'll let you take it from there, but, but it's, it's great. Uh, yeah. So, so the idea was on, on that day and, um, happy birthday, Grant. Grant. <laughs> uh, so the idea was on that day, Al Jazeera, which is, which is based at headquartered in, in Doha in Qatar, uh, was, was going to have, um, a studio set up in each of the countries that was bidding for the 2022 world cup. So there was Qatar, uh, the U S uh, Japan, Australia, and, and, and South Korea. I, th- I think that's all of them. And in each in each studio, they were going to have one of their hosts, one of their you know TV presenters, and they were going to have a soccer writer from that country to sort of try to explain themselves. And so you know they're in DC, I'm in DC, so it was easy for me to go over. Um, and so I spent two days in in the studio answering questions about American soccer. And it was interesting because the guy, I think, the presenter, I think, was Lebanese. And, and all of the staff and crew were from sort of all over the Arab world. And the questions they asked were sort of indicative of what their opinion of American soccer and, and the U.S. World Cup bid kind of were. And I'll give you an example. Uh, I remember them asking me, why should, why should the World Cup come to America in, in 2022 when it's going to be in Brazil in 2014? And I was just like shrugged my shoulders and I was like, I don't see the connection. <laughs> uh, what? And he was like, well, it's the Americas. Right. And why should it go to the Americas two times in, in eight years? And so I tried to explain how North and South America are different continents, and different <laughs> confederations. And Brazil is like really, really far away and is very different. Um, but that's how they kind of saw it. I, they also asked me, why should we, you know, there, there are no World Cup banners in, in D.C., you know, no, no banners on the light posts. You know, that's a sign of a lack of support. And this was like 2000. I'm like, yeah, we don't hang banners for events 12 years away. Sorry. <laughs> Um, but those were little things they used. So anyway, so about 90 minutes, 60 to 90 minutes before Blatter took the stage with his sealed envelopes, which assuming, you know, nobody knew the content of other than, you know, I don't know, the guys who do the NBA lottery. Um, the chairman of the guitar bid committee, uh, uh, Sheikh Altani, came on to the closed circuit feed that we were watching in the studio. And so this was only available to people at Al Jazeera. Uh, you know, around the world, the, the, the technicians. And he's on the closed circuit feed and he just looks into the camera and smiles and says, we have won. <laughs> Amazing. He knew. He knew. 60 to an, an hour to an hour and a half before the envelope was opened, he absolutely knew that Qatar had the World Cup. And so it didn't phase anyone else in the studio. I was the only one who was kind of looking around and trying to get an explanation. And... Uh, <laughs> You wonder how he knew, but you don't wonder how he knew. You you know how he knew, but you wonder how he knew. So that's the uh, that's my story from Al Jazeera and Grant's birthday. <laughs> and that I mean that just pretty much sums it up. I mean, I have a story from that night. Oh, let's let's. Hear I was it. in Zurich. That's right. You were I there. was covering the event. 
I went to the very fancy lobby of the Borlak Hotel, where the raids took place yesterday. This is the official $4,000 a night room, very swanky, marble-filled hotel. Uh, and the previous night, Chuck Blazer had held court there, as had other FIFA executive committee members, and it's not very big room. And I had a bizarre situation where I was sitting next to Chuck Blazer, Mia Hamm, and Nomar Garcia-Para. Nomar. The night before the big vote. <laughs> and talk about a, an interesting group. I, like, we made small talk, and we were just talking about stuff. And I will say this. Chuck Blazer is a fascinating individual, one of the most interesting people I've ever come into contact with. He is the main guy who provided the evidence for the arrest this week. You know, weighs three or 400 pounds, uh, has, uh, has stolen tens of millions of dollars, uh, from CONCACAF over the years, he would say it's not stealing, that it was part of his 10% contract on everything. That, <laughs> well, he, didn't, he didn't pay taxes on it, so that, for, that, that was... That is a bit of a problem. <laughs> um, you know, Chuck lived in a great apartment in the Trump Tower, uh, had a separate apartment for his cats, according to the Daily News. Uh, you know, just a truly Falstaffian figure. Uh, he had a parrot in his office that would sit on his shoulder um, and maybe the greatest blog on the internet also. And Google Chuck Blazer blog. I did that again this morning. It's about Chuck's travels over the years. There's pictures of him and Vladimir Putin. There's pictures of him and Nelson Mandela. Chuck... Dressed up as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Halloween costumes galore. I mean, he's actually a truly charming individual. I, I really think he is. I mean, he's a charming rogue. Uh, like many of the best gangsters from back in the, in the 20th century. Um, and so I know Chuck a little bit. I haven't talked to him much for a very, very long time, but you know, you got to know him. I remember sitting next to him that night. He had other journalists from other countries, uh, who, you know, he was a storyteller and, and it, a very interesting guy just is the best way to put it. Um, and I remember the, after the vote, the next night I come back to the Borlak hotel and I'm, and I wrote about this the next day for SI just to kind of observe the scene and, uh, I got propositioned by a Russian hooker, a uh, very well-dressed Russian hooker, I might add. Uh, and then I looked around the room here, and, and there were different African FIFA executive committee members who were going over to the losing bids, from, including Australia and England, and telling them that they had voted for them. Now, this wasn't public, so nobody could know for sure. But one thing that was public, and these African Exco guys didn't know, was the number of votes that England and Australia got. And there weren't as many votes as there were guys telling them, I voted for you. So they knew these England guys and Australia guys were just like, whatever, man. I know you're lying to my face right now. Just you know, leave me alone. It was one of the craziest scenes. And yet, for me, it symbolized so much about the dirtiness of FIFA. And I felt like I needed to take a shower just being in there, being in that city, and witnessing this stuff taking place. Yeah, and I think those those two both sum up. I mean, the lack everything. of shame. The lack of shame is incredible. They're doing like these song and dance numbers right now in Zurich to open the Congress. It's like <laughs> they just they just have no shame or perspective or clue. Uh, or sense of anything beyond their own noses and their own wallets, and it's uh, it's pretty astonishing. But you know, that's uh, uh, unless unless people who feel differently leave it, uh, it will continue. Business as usual. Uh, to me, what I found not most interesting, but 
on on the list uh, in the midst of you know the the wee hours of what was it Wednesday morning when all these arrests are happening. Literally following this on Twitter, uh, New York Times did a tremendous job. They had people at the hotel um, just f- kind of following it in in real time. And then here's FIFA's official Twitter account tweeting something about the U twenty World Cup the the following morning or you know when when it was morning time. Uh, here and, and in the middle of the day there, they're wishing happy birthdays to Gervinho and Bobby Convy. And it's just like, like, what are you guys doing? Like, there, there is just self-awareness. That's, that's what it is. And you guys are both touching it. There just is not. Uh, they just, they don't care. Uh, we hope, and I think most soccer fans would hope that this investigation will, will change that and, and maybe scare, you know, scare them a little to the fact where, you know, maybe they do kind of change their ways. Uh, but We'll see what happens this week, though, a, uh, a tremendous first step in that direction, and it'll be fascinating to, to follow this in, in the months and years to come, uh, no doubt about it. Um, I, think, I think that'll do it for us this week. Uh, thank you all for listening again, and definitely check us out on iTunes. We're on iTunes! It's official. Your tweets were not unheard. We, unlike FIFA, listen to the soccer public. We are on iTunes. Find us there, the Planet Football Podcast. I'm uh, sorry for leaving you to answer all those tweets. <laughs> it's okay. We appreciate them. It means you're listening. It means you care. And, uh, and we thank you for that. So for Grant Wall, Brian Strauss, I am Avi Creditor. We'll talk to you next week. the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one daily sports podcast network. Locked On has a daily podcast on every NBA and NFL team, plus a growing lineup of college and MLB teams. You get a daily bite-sized podcast giving you the latest on your team from the local experts. Lakers fans, search Locked On Lakers. Cowboys fans, search Locked On Cowboys. Just search Locked On, your favorite team, on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, or tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked On, your favorite team. Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.